Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Good Life Podcast with Mike Safosnik. Coming to you live from beautiful, spring-like New York City. Temperatures, low to mid-70s, girls in shorts and leggings, always a great day. Phone number, as always, 607-203-5330. Early November is always a strange, weird time in the world of sports. The marathon that is the baseball season concludes, thankfully with the Mets. Thank God they lost to the Royals. NBA just tipped off, watching a bunch of Kentucky players play their asses off in basketball. NFL is at its halfway point, and college football is headed down the home stretch. BCS standings just came out. I wanted to talk a little college football and touch on the Fall Classic. And who else would I have on? Only someone that's played in the both. One of the greatest high school football players of all time. Starred at LSU as their quarterback, had the World Series ring as a member of the Florida Marlins, two sports superstar, Josh Booty. What's going on, my friend? Oh, man. Thanks for having me out. Shoot, I'm down here in Atlanta, Georgia, getting ready for uh, the big Bama LSU matchup in Tuscaloosa. And like you, watched the World Series, and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, I, I was happy the Royals won as well. Give me a take on the World Series. Obviously, you watched it being a former player. What would you take on it? Yeah, you know, I I I just think the Royals are were the best team, of course. I think that the way that they play the game of baseball, the way that they produce runs and the way they get people over steal bags, play great defense, their pitching is solid, their hitting is solid. There's no real weak link in what they do as a team. And for them to of course win the World Series, they've got to be the best team in baseball. They've got to be the hottest team in baseball and uh you know, to play together as a team well and it just looked like they you know they really did that throughout the playoffs, and they were going to be really tough to beat. So it was it was fun to watch them. The Mets have got the big arms, and uh, you know, and the great pitching staff. But when it came down to you know playing the game of baseball and and winning, you know, in a World Series environment, you know, the best team won, and that was the Royals this season. And I know you're down in uh, Atlanta. You're gonna be doing stuff with LSU Alabama. Before we talk college football, I always. You're one of my favorite interviews, and I mean that. I probably interviewed probably just say 75 – no, I mean that, 75 to 80 different athletes. And we always just tell favorite stories about, you know, coolest person on their phone, you know, just random stories instead of just the borderline sure. interview, interview process. Please tell everyone listening probably my all-time favorite story. I, I asked you last time when you won the World Series, were you just hanging out at bars with the World Series ring on trying to pick up chicks? Please tell everybody your World Series ring story. It is my favorite story of all time. Yeah, well, I was on the 97 World Series team, and I was fortunate and I got called up from the big league, so I was a rookie. And uh, my roommate in the in the minor leagues that season was Kevin Millar, and, of course, we're best friends uh, still today. But um, I was engaged at the time, and uh, he wasn't, and we were at a Super Bowl party about a year after I'd won the World Series and, and had my ring. And he goes, let me pimp your ring out for the uh, Super Bowl party. We're at this we're at this Hawaiian Tropic uh, uh, Super Bowl event, which, you know, ladies everywhere. It was crazy. And it was down in New Orleans and at the casino. So it was a big deal. There was a bunch of guys there with us that were NFL guys and, and baseball guys and and so I, I let Millar borrow the ring just for the night to wear around so he could he could look sweet in front of the chicks. 
<laughs> and we've told this story on we've told this story on Major League Baseball Network. He has his own show, Intentional Talk, on the network. But so it, it is a funny story, and a lot of people have heard it. But um, so he was wearing the the ring, and I guess he'd gone to the bathroom uh, in the middle of the the night. So it was you know twelve one o'clock at, in the middle of the party, and the ring was a little big for him. And so he set the ring down to wash his hands in the bathroom of the Horseshoe Casino, and. <laughs> And, and left it there and walked away, washed his hands, forgot the ring, walked back into the party. We're all hanging out. It's now, now it's like an hour later. It's 2 o'clock in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of the night, but we're at the casino, so things are popping. And we walk out, and I think Drew Bledsoe, Joey Harrington, A.J. Feely, Tim Couch, uh, me and Kevin, and, you know, guys were Chris Redman, some names of the past, were all hanging out. And uh, everybody was talking talking noise about who was the best athlete out of the bunch and we're all sitting around just you know having cocktails and i said dude i'm by far the best athlete out of all you guys i mean y'all played one sport i got i i I can play two (laughs) and i said show them my world series ring because i was i was playing football at the time I, i was back playing football at the time and kevin reaches to grab the ring off his finger and it wasn't there and he you know he turned red as a tomato and took off, hauled ass, run into the bathroom. He thought that it would still be there an hour and a half later at a casino, which is the dumbest thing ever. So he runs to the bathroom. It's not there. Everybody's, like, eyes were popping out of their head going, oh, my God, he just lost your World Series ring. And, you know, the thing's worth, like, $15,000, and it's a -a one-of-a-kind piece. And anyway, so he came back over, and he's like, dude, uh, I don't even know what to say. Like, he didn't even know what to say. He felt horrible. He wanted to throw up. You know, I was like, man, don't worry about it. Let's go, let's go have some fun on bourbon, man. We'll worry about it later. And so I, I made it not a big deal. We had fun the rest of the night. But he, you know, still to this day, I give him shit. So when he won the World Series with Boston, I, I called him the day after he won the World Series, and uh, I said, as soon as you get your ring, I'll, I'll, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the that's the story behind my World Series ring is I Millar lost the damn thing. Now let me ask you a question: Did it work? Did he pick up any chicks ever with that World Series ring? No, he no, <laughs> it didn't even work. It, if it would have worked, it'd have been a lot better. At least I'd have, at least I'd have felt good good about it. You know, it, it, it worked, but it didn't work. I, I didn't. I, he 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 never picks up chicks. <laughs> he never oh. picks up chicks. There's no chicks in Boston. No, oh God, they're the worst. All right, listen. Before we talk from LSU <laughs> Alabama, I want to go back real quick. I don't think we touched on this last time I interviewed you. You're one of the most celebrated, best stats, high school football player of all time. You signed a letter of intent. <laughs> no, you know that. You signed a letter of intent to attend LSU, and then the Marlins drafted you. Do you ever? ever regret signing with the Marlins and not attending LSU right after high school? Because I know you attended it after. Do you ever regret yeah. that? Well, I, I, I guess as a human, you're always what if. But, you know, LSU football at the time wasn't like it is now. So, you know, we think of LSU uh, in terms of today and the state of their program today. And it's a lot better now than it was in the 90s and 94 when I graduated high school. So, uh, you know, I, I was going to LSU. I, yeah, I was going to be a quarterback, but I also was going to play baseball for Skip Burtman. And they were coming off uh, a world, the College World Series champions, national championship the year before. So their baseball team was loaded as well, and I was going to play shortstop. 
So, you know, it was going to be a deal where I went really to play baseball and football at the same time at the university, and the baseball program was way ahead of where the football program was. I was going to have to come in and try to help the program build something. The baseball team was already at the point where they were national championship caliber team. So, you know, if I was to go back to high school, I think I would take a look at where the best football program was nationally. And LSU's there now, but they weren't then. I would have probably taken a visit to Florida State or Miami or Oklahoma, some of the teams that were really on top of the world back in nine, in the 90s. And, uh, and, 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 you know, probably or possibly gone to one of those schools to play football because I, I, in, in hindsight, I enjoyed playing football more than baseball. Now, was money the biggest factor? I know the Marlins gave you a substantial amount of money. Was money one of the biggest factors? Uh, yeah, well, the contract, the, the big league contract was, I, I signed a big league contract out of high school, and I was drafted in the first round. It was a fifth overall pick, and so I had guaranteed call-ups in my contract. I had spring training invites. I had, uh, you know, 40-man roster spots, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, it was the overall contract and what was in the contract, you know, and the money was a part of it. And at that time, it was the largest signing bonus in Major League Baseball amateur draft history. So uh, those were some of the things that I figured if I could get, I was I, I couldn't turn it down. And that's why I ended up going into baseball right out of high school and sitting out of football for four years. And then, you know, and then being a part of the, you know, the minor league system there with the Marlins and then being able to play on that 97 team. And then starting uh, started opening day with the Marlins in 98 and ended up going back to football in 99. So, you know, I, I did some things that not a lot of people get to do. You know, it just I had a short career in both the NFL and Major League Baseball of parts of three or four years, and I wish that I could have had longer in one rather than maybe a little of both, you know. You got drafted in two sports. That's pretty unbelievable. Yeah, I actually I got drafted in three. I I got drafted by the Canadian football uh, Canadian football team too. So I've been drafted by three teams. <laughs> All right, I didn't know it was a show off hour with Josh Booty, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to I had to mention that. I don't know if anybody's been drafted in three. I, I think Dave Winfield, Winfield remember the Winfield, the yeah. Yankee outfield. Yeah, Winfield was drafted in three sports. So yes, you play for the Padres also. Now after a few years in the majors. You hang up the cleats. What, what was the reason for hanging hanging them up? Well, I really wanted to go back and play football. I was struggling offensively at the plate. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really disciplined at the plate, and and, and wasn't a real mature hitter. I was great uh, defensively, and that's what got me to the big leagues. But I really struggled at the plate, and uh, it got to the point where I, I was really wanting to go back and play football to see what I could do and. And uh, my brother was a receiver at LSU at the time, and a chance for me to go back to my home state and play football and throw to my brother and 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 try that, uh, you know, try the sport. To be honest with you, so I was going back to do all that and see how it would go the first year, and then I could always go back to baseball. I thought in the back of my mind, and you know, after the, the, my first year at LSU, we struggled, and Jerry DiNardo was our our head coach at the time. He got fired, and. Uh, Nick, a guy named Nick Saban came into LSU and, and said, and, and you know, said, hey, we want you to stay and be our quarterback. So I stayed around for another season and, and played a year for him. And then I was uh, 
eligible for the NFL draft after that season and was able to uh, get drafted in the NFL. So I, I stuck with football and I and I I laid the baseball thing down. When uh, it's funny you just mentioned Saban. So what I do is I never write down every question. I have like an index card with just some bullets, and the next thing it says sophomore QB dash Nick Saban. So Nick Saban comes to coach for <laughs> you, and it's ironic he's coaching Alabama. We're gonna get to that game in a minute. Tell me how intense he is, and was he as intense then as he is now? Yeah, he he was actually more intense then. I think he's uh, he's matured a bit. Uh, you know, he's and I, I don't want to say he's become soft because he's nothing but he's not nothing. No, there's nothing soft about him, but he, he's he's you know he's gotten he he's won championships. He's done so much. He's uh you know he's become a better coach, a better uh, you know a better guy to play for. He was so rough when he came first came to LSU. He had a lot to prove, and uh, you know the thing he did best was build an amazing staff. And he brought in Jimbo Fisher to run the offense. He had Bo Pelini and Will Muschamp and Derek Dooley and. A lot of guys that became, uh, you know, Division One football coaches and successful ones at that. And so, you know, that's what he did. He came in, structured the program, made us work our tail off, paid attention to details, recruited well, built a staff, had a, implemented a great defense, and Jimbo had a great offense, and LSU took off. And then, you know, that's his legacy began to really grow at that point. But we didn't really know who he was when he showed up on campus. And we had a chancellor named Mark Emmert, who's now the NCAA president. He was the chancellor of LSU, and he was the he's the man that is credited for bringing Saban in. We didn't know anything about him. Saban came in and built an amazing program. Now, do you have a, a relationship with Saban at all right now or no? Sure, sure. I, I don't talk to him much because he's such a – I mean, he's like the president. It's hard as heck to get to him during the season, but – um, you know, I do, and I'll see him this off season, and he's a really good guy. Are you surprised he didn't stay longer at LSU? Uh, you know, he he wanted to be a head coach in the NFL. He wanted to try it out, and you know, he did. He he went and did that with the Dolphins, and uh, I don't think it was what he thought it was cracked up to be. And there, you know, it's so tough in the NFL. You can't control every little facet of everything in the NFL. You're dealing with grown men and uh you know there's just a lot of differences in the nfl the way that nfl players are can be handled and so he likes to micromanage everything and and i think he he was looking for the best situation that he could find in college football once he found out that the nfl wasn't what he wanted uh you know wasn't his cup of tea and i think that alabama program stuck uh, stuck out in his mind uh you know and, and then so he chased after that and, and course he he's just been unbelievable there now we talked about this last time you bounced around the nfl you retire a couple of years ago i see you on the mlb network competing on the show the next knuckler how that even <laughs> come about I, I i was watching it and i'm like oh man josh booty how'd you end up on the next knuckler yeah um well uh that's a great question um major league baseball network just reached out to some former quarterbacks and um they because uh because of uh, R.A. Dickey won the Cy Young the year before he's the first ever knuckleballer to win the Cy Young. Uh, they wanted to do a reality show to see see if they could teach some former athletes how to throw a knuckleball. And 
a knuckleball is not knuckleballers or knuckleball pitchers don't you're you're not able to really throw a knuckleball winding up and throwing it as hard as you can. It's more like a quarterback throw. It's a it's a really quick arm throw. It's short arm motion, and uh, so they thought the quarterbacks, former quarterbacks, would be great to to have on the show. So they brought a few of us in, five or six of us in, and we competed in a kind of a big break type reality show competition where. They taught us how to throw the knuckleball. Wakefield was there. Charlie Huff was there to teach us how to throw it. And uh, they put us through all kind of, you know, competition and game situations. And I actually won won the reality show and got invited to spring training with the Arizona Diamondbacks because I was throwing it pretty good, and they wanted to see what I could do. And I got a chance to go to spring training. So it was kind of a fun deal that led into going to spring training again. And I had been 15 years removed from – Major League Baseball spring training, but it was just awesome to be back into baseball at that point in my life. Uh, it was just a pretty cool deal. Did you appreciate spring training more, knowing that like you were mature now, you're older now, you experienced life? Did you uh, appreciate it more? Way more, way more. Uh, you know, it was it was fun going to the park every day. It was fun developing the relationships. I remember when I was young and going to spring training, I really didn't like it because I knew you know, I was going to be in for a long season and baseball is such a grind and it's just, you know, you just try to get through spring training. I was just, I was just really there having a blast. And of course I was throwing a knuckleball too, which is, is, which is a fun, a fun <laughs> event anyways. I mean, I mean, it's just like the funniest thing in, in, in baseball. So it's, you know, it was just, it was just a ton of fun, man. I, I wouldn't, I would go back to spring training every year and do it. It was so much fun. Now, did you ever throw a knuckle? Like I played baseball my whole life. I don't know if you know this. I was not drafted. But listen, when you're when you're warming up, you always throw the knuckleball, the no rotation. Yeah. Did, did you ever throw it beforehand? Yeah, I mean, I'd always kind of, you know, when you throw long toss and you throw, you know, play catch every day, you get bored just throwing. So we would always toss some knucklers, or we'd try to throw cutters and sliders and curves and all that. So you know, and I pitched in high school, so I had an, a real idea. <laughs> Uh, of of how to be a pitcher, you know, and how to how to how to act. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I had a head up, I had a leg up on uh, all the other guys in the show because they'd never played real organized baseball, and you know, I'd been a big leaguer, and and I probably could have even pitched at the, you know, in the in the in a, at a professional level. Um, so you know, I I just had to learn how to throw the knuckleball and Wakefield taught me how to throw it pretty quick and that thing was moving you know so it was just hard to throw strike it's just hard to throw strikes consistently you never know where the ball is going it, it dances what the announcers always say it dances you never you don't have full control over it yeah it's a tough it's tough to control I, and i'll tell you a funny a funny thing that you know wakefield and some of these guys uh teach knuckleballers is the catcher your aiming spot is you pretend that there's a Coke can on the top of the catcher's face mask. So if he's, if he's sitting there and his glove is in the middle of the strike zone, you're really not, you're really not throwing to his mitt. You got to aim at a Coke can. You just picture a Coke can on the top of his face mask and you try to knock that Coke can over so that, you know, you started a lot higher and then it dives down. So if you, you know, if you're, if, if you're trying to throw strikes and get the first pitch over, you're going after that Coke can on the top of a, catcher's mask but that's just kind of a i guess a way that knuckleballers uh think you know and 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 what they envision every time they throw it 
Now, one more question about the knuckler. Besides Doug Flutie, what other uh, quarterbacks were on there? David Green uh, played at Georgia and played with mm-hmm. the Seahawks. Ryan Paraloo, who's also an LSU guy. Uh, my brother, John David, who played at SC and was with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And uh, we had a guy, uh, God, what was his name? Another guy from Tennessee that hurt his arm that they didn't put on the show. But we had there, we had six guys there. Now, I'm joined again by former NFLer, Major League Baseball player, Canadian draft picker, <laughs> Josh Booty. <laughs> now, let's, get, let's get to some college football. There's three, personally, three big games this week. I want to obviously talk more about the Bama-LSU game, but quickly, Florida State goes to Death Valley. They're playing undefeated, number one, BCS Clemson. Who do you like in that game? Yep. Well, I think I think Clemson at home is just going to be tough to beat. I think Florida State's got a great running back in Dalvin Cook, and they're, they're, they're a wonderful team. Jimbo Fisher will have them playing well, but they're just not as loaded at wide and quarterback that they've been in the last like they've been in the last few years. So for them to try to pull off a win at Clemson is going to be very difficult. I think Clemson wins by ten. I always feel bad for TCU. They're playing. They're unbeaten again. They're playing at unbeaten uh, Oklahoma State. TCU yeah. are they not getting enough respect again? Well, you know they had a lot of guys hurt on defense. Uh, to start the year, and so they're they're playing with half their defense injured. So they're starting to get a little bit more healthy, but you know they uh, all their games are high scoring affairs on both sides. So it, you know they're giving up a lot of points, and I think that's what hurt them hurt their case in being a top four team when these standings came out uh, yesterday. Is is that they they don't play a lot of defense. They've got to score a lot of points to win ball games, and some people feel like they're fixing to get beat here the next three or four weeks because of their their, their schedule's backloaded. So we're going to see what they have. I, I love the way that they play and their style of offense, but how's that defense going to hold up? I really hope they stay undefeated and they when they face Baylor. That can be just one of the most highest-scoring games of all time. <laughs> yeah, the Baylor-TCU matchup's going to be ridiculous. And I hate that Baylor's quarterback went out last week. They're going to be playing with their second teamer, but he's a true freshman and a real good player and prospect. So we'll see if they can keep the ship rolling. But I do, I you know, I had Bam, I had Baylor and TCU in my top four, and I thought Bama would have to win itself back in it, and uh, you know that wasn't the case. But Bama's got the, just a monster game this week. Now, before we get to that, obviously the, the standings are always going to change. They'll be upset. Do you have an issue with teams like Notre Dame and Bama with one loss and the TCU, uh, Michigan State, Baylor, under them with, that are undefeated? Do you have an issue with that? Uh, it, it, well, it depends on the strength of schedule or who they got beat by. Um, you know, I think Stanford, Notre Dame, Bama are three great teams. I think that they, they're, you know, they're, they're equals uh, in terms of, you know, I think Bama's favorite on a neutral site, Bama would be favored by anybody that they play. I mean, they're legitimately probably the best team in college football. Ohio State has the best resume because of they're the, the defending champions and they hadn't lost in a long time. But I just think, you know, even though Bama lost to Ole Miss at home and turned the ball over five times, if they play their type of football, they can beat anybody. So it's hard to it's hard to leave them out, and I understand them being in. And, and the SEC West is so tough, and every week is so tough that 
you know, the, the the boaters they jump, you know, they jump teams like TCU and Baylor. But mm-hmm. I think TCU or Baylor, one of those teams is going to get in if they stay undefeated. I think it's just going to work itself out. They speaking very highly of Alabama. They're playing in Alabama this week. Alabama is favored by seven points. Tell me about the game. Break it down. Who's going to win? LSU, Alabama. <laughs> well, I think LSU has got, you know. LSU's got the best player in college football. We all oh, know he's, that he's amazing. He is amazing. He's a beast. He's a beast. Uh, you know, I, I think that for for LSU to stay in the game, Fournette's got to have a Fournette type ball game. If he doesn't, and, and Bama's the number one rush defense in the SEC, if they if they can stop Leonard Fournette and they keep him under a hundred yards, I don't see how LSU has one chance. Uh, you know, Bama stays balanced and they throw the football at all. Big Derrick Henry's a great runner. It's at Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, Bama's backs are against the wall. They cannot lose another game. Um, I just think it's going to be tough to beat Bama at home. Of course, I'm an LSU guy. I root my guys on. I love the the uh, the purple and gold. But I, I just think Bama favored by seven. Vegas knows what it's talking about. They're going to be really tough to beat, and I like the Saban factor over less miles. If LSU loses a close game and then wins out, do they still make the top four? Um, I think they could. I, I really think they could. I, I think that, you know, if they don't go to the SEC championship, it's going to be very difficult to make the top four. But I, I don't think that it's impossible. Uh, I, I still think Ole Miss can make can, can go to the SEC championship out of the West. The Ole Miss really controls its own destiny. Um, you know, because they beat Alabama on the road. So LSU's got another big test at Ole Miss in a few weeks and so it's gonna get it's gonna get real hairy for, for the SEC West on that on that side of the conference. I think Florida's pretty much locked it, itself in on the east. So, you know, it's just gonna be fun to watch these next few weeks and like the Big Twelve, everybody's fixing to play everybody. Same thing in the SEC West. Everybody's fixing to play everybody. All these good teams are Everything's going to surface, and we're going to find out who's the best. Now, what is the atmosphere down in Alabama right now? <laughs> Man, it's it's going to be unbelievable. I mean, the Bama football, uh, you know, the culture in the South and the in 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 the Southeastern Conference is just crazy. So, you know, for them to be hosting LSU, who's undefeated, with the Heisman Trophy front runner coming into town with that defense that they have. Uh, that front seven they have, uh, and Saban, you know, coaching that defense up. I mean, this is this is the matchup that we we've all been waiting for, and that we all hoped would happen. And LSU comes in unscathed uh, to Bryant Denny Stadium. So, I mean, you tell me, you think it's going to be loud? It's going to be crazy, buddy. I, I just love when you know. Sometimes I go on stuff. I travel all over the world. I go to just anywhere to watch a game. The cheapest ticket right now on StubHub is like 220 bucks for like standing room, obstructed view. I, I just love the SEC football. Now, are you going to be at the game? or Like you'll be inside the stadium or no? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. Now, let me ask you this. Obviously, listen, there's so much, so many things can happen. I'm going to have you for a few more minutes. I really appreciate you calling in. January 1st, sure. give, me your, give me your final four. Um, I think Clemson walks in. Uh if they take care of business tomorrow, uh, Saturday, they walk in. I think Ohio State uh, wins out. I, a lot of people think they're going to get knocked off. I think they'll. I think they're going to handle their business. Um, I think they got the. Be- I do think they got the best team uh, up in that conference. And then I think 
I, th- I really think it's going to be TCU and Alabama. Really? Yep, yep, that's who I'd go with. You know, my Does heart it? says LSU. I think Ole Miss, uh, because they lost to Memphis, they're out of it. Uh, Florida gets beat in the in the SEC championship game uh, to either Bama or LSU. And, you know, I, I just – I think Bama's the strongest team, I think, in the country. I think Ohio State's second. I think uh, Clemson's third, and then TCU or Baylor's fourth. All right, a couple more questions. And you answered a few personal questions. Nothing's too personal, don't worry. Last time we were on, and I asked everyone the same question, and your answer last time was great. Right now, you're going to get to New York City. You and I are hanging out. We don't have a World Series ring to impress anybody. We're going to take your phone out. Who's the coolest person in your phone to impress someone at a bar? Now, we can go, but here, we're in New York. We meet a ton of girls, and you take your phone out. Yeah, They have to text back, though. Oh man, I uh, I would say Alex Rodriguez, but I, I don't know, not not in New York right now. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he's won a little bit of the New Yorkers back over. He had a good year. Wait, 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 hold, hold on, y'all. No, everyone in New York loves A Rod again. Let me ask you this. Yeah, that's because my question is always like, you text the person. I have Pete Rose's phone number. He he's not going to yeah. text me back, but I have his number. So if you text A Rod, he'll text you back. Oh yeah, yeah, my oh. buddies. That okay, you hands down win it then. That was a that's how do you how do you know A Rod? Uh we actually played it together back in the uh the summer of ninety three. We were on the uh junior Olympic team together and he played short, I played third, he batted third, I batted fourth and we've just always been buddies. You know, I was living down in Miami, he's from Miami. Uh I, I had dinner with him about Two months ago when the Yankees were in playing the Angels in Southern California. We just keep in touch. So we'll, we'll see each other this offseason. He bought a house in Hollywood, and, and I'll see him in L.A. All right. Listen, the first time we I interviewed you, you're all humble. Now you're hanging out with A-Rod. Three times you get drafted. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you, you brought that up. I just had to add the Canadian Football League. <laughs> Hey, someone just, someone just messaged me. Asked him about making his own cigars. Do you make your own cigars? Um, I don't, I don't know what I that actually, means. I, I, I actually, sm- I do smoke a lot of cigars. I'm, I'm, I am, uh, I'm in the middle of creating a cigar brand. So uh, we don't even have the name of our cigar brand yet, but we're going to launch a cigar brand here in the next twelve months. So yeah, I'm, I'm big into cigars, and I'm actually in Atlanta for. Uh, a cigar event meeting. So, yeah, I love the cigars. Now, before I let you go, tell me about your podcast. I've watched it before. That girl's really mm-hmm. pretty, by the way. And she knows her sports. She does. She does. She's really good. She's she's had a lot of time in the business. She's worked in the SEC. She went to Auburn. She's worked in the ACC. She covers the the uh, the national playoff uh, championship game uh, on-field stuff. So, I mean, she, she's She's entrenched in college football. So her name is Rachel Barbeau. We have our uh, we have our show on GridironNow.com. GridironNow.com. It's an SEC centric site. But we co- we cover some national football uh, landscape as well, and we talk football. We'll be doing some fun things this week. So we do a biweekly podcast. So we're always doing stuff with the with the site, and we're we're hoping to get picked up by uh, a major network and and do a show together. So that's kind of the that's in that's in the future hopefully. And the one cool thing about your show is that you guys do a split screen and you 
it's kind of like PTI basically, but you guys do you really do a great job with it. Well, thank you, bud. Yeah, she's she's wonderful uh, host and uh, she makes it easy on me. I mean, she's a true professional and she has her own uh, Sirius XM radio show on College Sports Nation and. So she does a lot of stuff uh, and is is kind of groomed for the position. I'm just the I'm just the old Southern boy on the West Coast that knows <laughs> just a little bit about football and can uh, hold a conversation. Now, before you go, are you a college basketball fan or not really? I love it, absolutely love it. I'm an NBA fan. I heard you dog in the NBA, but my Lakers, man, I got to get them rolling again. I'm a huge NBA fan. Oh, well, see, college basketball is my, Kentucky basketball. When I mean it's my life, this is the truth. My wife. I was. She left me because of Kentucky basketball and the Yankees, and that's the God's <laughs> honest. No, no, no. The God's honest. I truth. believe. I'm gonna tell you a story real quick. I, I thank you again for calling in. But we, uh, Kentucky loses, and I'm. This is a 2008 or yeah, 2008 or nine. I'm like a two year old throwing stuff around the basement, flipping out, screaming, and she walks downstairs. We were married for like eight months, and she says to me, "Listen to me. Would you throw away this marriage for three titles?" I'm like, three Kentucky titles? I'm like, I would throw it away for one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and no, it's, it's, looking back now, it's funny. It's, it, she storms out of the house. My mom calls me up, and that was it. She, one of the deciding factors in her leaving me was my love for Kentucky that is basketball. Hilarious. Now, are you excited? <laughs> they have that stud freshman, Ben Simmons. Have you been following or not really into the college I, basketball I, yet? I haven't. I haven't yet because, you know, I, I was kind of waiting for the season to start. But, you know, of course, I, I follow the heck out of it when it gets going. And I know that they they just do a wonderful job in recruiting. And they're always going to be in the top top two or three teams in the country in recruiting. And John Calipari is unbelievable, man. I, I enjoy watching Kentucky basketball, too. I'm actually going to see your Lakers Friday night. They're coming to Brooklyn. I'm going to watch Kobe. I'll watch some Julius Randle. They're 0-4. they got to pick it up, though, because I love the NBA. they got to pick it up, the Lakers. they got to pick it up, brother. They're just so young. I mean, you know, Russell's green. Randle's really green. And uh, they they got good talent, and they just they got to play together. Um, you know, Kobe, Kobe needs to give them 20, 20 points a night, you know, and, and help those guys. But they those, those guys are really going to have to step up their game and 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 learn how to be NBA players because, you know, without them, they're not going to go anywhere. All right, listen to me. Thank you so much for calling in. But you have, listen, you have two jobs to do. Last time I asked you to sign a jersey for me, which you did, it's hanging in my apartment in New York City. You have two jobs. One, <laughs> you got to get Kevin Millar on my show. I want to talk some baseball with him. Yeah. And number two, you got to get to New York City. We'll hang out one night. I mean that. Uh, I'd love to. I, You know, I come a couple times a year, so next time I'm there, we'll go to Legends and – Will they eat pig wings and watch LSU, uh, LSU Kentucky basketball game? My man, Josh Booty, thank you so much, man. I'll keep in touch, bro. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good night. Thank you for having you. me, brother. All right, bye. That was just beyond fun. Josh Booty. Growing up, um, I would, after I finished the interview, I give my little two-minute ending monologue. Josh Booty was one of the first two-sport superstars in high school, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I don't have a computer in front of me. He threw for like 10,000 yards in his career. Like He set every possible high school football record. Um, he could have went anywhere in the country. He signed to go to LSU, like he said, and the Marlins drafted him before Nomar Garcia-Power as a shortstop. He's the real deal. World Series ring. It's always good to have him on. He knows his college football. All right, upcoming schedule. Sunday, Aaron Torres. 
I was in Thailand, which we'll talk about next show, and I'm on the plane. I land. I have like an hour layover. I need to read a book. I go to Cameron Mills' website, just, you know, kicking it. Aaron Torres wrote this incredible book called One and Fun about the 2009-2010 Kentucky Wildcats. That's a team with John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Bledsoe, Orton, Patterson. It was Cal's first year when they went to the Elite Eight. I think they were 38-2 and two before they lost to West Virginia. We have him. We're going to do a live show with Felipe Lopez probably next Sunday. Um, whenever Pete Rose lifts that restraining order on me, I'm probably going to have him on. I've been teasing the Pete Rose thing probably for around eight months now. He agreed to be on my show, and then we kept going back and forth, and then he gets caught up in another controversy, and then he's on Fox. So whenever he gets his, his shit together, Pete Rose will be on my show. Everyone follow me on Twitter, at Mike Sappho, M-I-K-E-S-A-F-O. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Let's end with some Hulk Hogan.